right, welcome in guys to another episode of Farzcast. Farzine Vesugian here with you. Thank you for taking the time to download and listen to this episode of Farzcast. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. Hope you are all able to spend Thanksgiving with friends and family. Hope you guys are able to uh, take a little bit of time off from work or any of that important stuff. If not, hey, I've been there, man, having worked in media before. Uh, I know what it's like working on holidays. Not the most ideal of situations, but hey, you know, you sign up for what you sign up for. Uh, So hopefully you guys are all able to enjoy the holidays in some shape or form uh, this week. All right, uh, some things I wanted to get into on this episode of Farcecast. Not a whole lot I want to get into. So, I mean, I, I say this sometimes and the podcast ends up being longer than expected, but I don't think this will be a very long podcast. I don't anticipate this being very long. I definitely wanted to touch on the Chiefs beating the Chargers on Sunday night. The Chiefs are getting a lot of attention following that game, especially Travis Kelsey after a monster game from him again. And the AFC West, not as competitive as everyone thought it was going to be. Talk about that a little later on. The Patriots, you know, I've said this before, but I want to give some props to Bill Belichick. And I don't think a lot of people give him enough credit. I'll explain why shortly. The Dallas Cowboys, I said I wasn't quite sure if they'd be good with Dak Prescott coming back or as good. And they seem to be doing just fine. I think that deserves a little bit of discussion here on this podcast. Zach Wilson benched. His post-game comments got a lot of attention on Sunday and the rest of the week. I think some of it is blown out of proportion. Some of the criticism is fair. Some of it is being blown out of proportion. I'll explain why uh, later on in the podcast. Also, at the end of the podcast, something very important I really wanted to discuss here. The death of Jason David Frank. For those who don't know who Jason David Frank is, he was on the original season of Power Rangers. This guy has done... More seasons, more episodes of Power Rangers than any other actor out there. Um, He actually came back several years later to do another uh, entire season of Power Rangers. Um, That's how popular this guy is. Um, And and this guy travels the world doing Comic-Con events. Uh, One of the most, maybe the most, the most asked for, the most requested for actor in all these Comic-Con events. And his death, unfortunately, was a suicide. Um... We got to talk about this in the end because this is very, very shocking to a lot of people. We'll get to that at the end of the podcast. Just some, uh, a little bit of a warning here, and I'll say this again right before we start talking about Jason David Frank. This is a very sensitive subject with the details that have come out, so just be aware when we do get to that topic. Real quickly, you guys know the social media. If you don't know or if you're new, you're listening uh, for the first time. Uh, first of all, welcome in uh, Facebook.com slash Farzine Vesugian at Farzine Vesugian on Instagram at Farzine 21 on Twitter. Also, my YouTube channel, Farzine Vesugian one and or what is my uh, original YouTube? I don't even know the name of my own uh, my own YouTube. Uh, yeah, Farzine Vesugian one. I, I changed it recently, so I just wanted to make sure Farzine Vesugian one on YouTube. And I've got a gaming channel on YouTube as well. Farzine Gaming for all you video gamers that enjoy watching walkthroughs on there. Uh, a couple of quick things. Uh. I've got a couple giveaways going on right now. Uh, we just gave away the Chiefs Rolling Cooler. Not the last time we're going to do a Chiefs Rolling Cooler, by the way. That one is very popular. That is more popular than the jersey giveaways. I don't understand. I really don't get it. But hey, that's what you guys want. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to argue against you guys. You, you, this is for you guys, not me. So uh, if you guys want more, uh, more cooler giveaways, sure. Uh, I'm not opposed to that at all. Uh, if that's what you guys want, so. 
however, we're going to take a break from the cooler giveaways. We're actually giving away a Chiefs snow globe. So make sure you guys go to my Instagram and my Twitter. I have the links in my uh, description for the podcast. So check that out as well as my YouTube uh, stuff. That's all in my um, in my podcast description. So you guys can follow me on all those uh, social media sites. So check all of that out at some point uh, because the winner will be announced next Wednesday at 8. So check that out if you haven't already. Apologies for not doing a podcast last week. Uh, was trying to fit some time into my schedule. Just didn't get a chance to do so. Uh, but, hey, uh, it happens. Just moving on and uh, figured out uh, we'll do one this week. Uh, there's a little bit more to get into uh, with uh, with some of the uh, significant NFL news out there and also the uh, JDF story. So, going to get into that later. But first, Talking about those Kansas City Chiefs coming away with a big win on Sunday Night Football. Wasn't pretty. They were without Juju Smith-Schuster. They were without McCole Hardman. They lost Kadarius Toney at some point during this game. And they still won. People really want to do everything they can to discredit and bash Mahomes and predict that he's going to turn into a failure when he starts losing players. He's won without Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey before. In his NFL debut, he played without those two guys because the Chiefs started all their backups. The only backup that did, uh, or excuse me, the only starter that played was Kareem Hunt. That's because they just wanted him to uh, get the rushing title for that year as a rookie. And as soon as he got that long rushing touchdown, they took him out of the game. So, uh, and by the way, the Broncos still had their defense, their starting defense in the second half. Von Miller got tagged for a um, for a uh, late uh, roughing the passer penalty on Mahomes in the second half. So they still had their starters in the second half of that game. So it's not like Mahomes was going up against a bunch of preseason generalists in the second half of that game. I mean, he was playing against the Broncos starting unit in that one in his NFL debut. And there have been times where he's played without Tyreek Hill and has done just fine. In fact, 2018 or excuse me, 2019, the first five games, Tyreek Hill got injured within like a couple minutes into the season. Mahomes was balling out uh, with a high ankle sprain too, mind you. Um, then he had the knee injury. He missed a couple of games, but he was on pace for more than 50 touchdown passes. He is on pace right now without Tyreek Hill, by the way, to surpass Peyton Manning and shatter his single season record for most passing yards in a single season. Boy, not only did the Mahomes would fail without Tyreek Hill take age terribly, it did not age well. You know what else did not age well? Everyone's saying that the Chiefs were going to struggle and they were going to get challenged by the rest of the AFC West. Folks, it is Thanksgiving. In the AFC West, there is one team and one team only that has a record above 500 right now, and it is the Kansas City Chiefs. So for all that talk, first of all, for all the money spent on J.C. Jackson, on uh, Khalil Mack, on Devontae Adams, Russell Wilson, all the resources that these three teams, the Chargers, Raiders, and Broncos spent is for nothing. 
They have nothing to show for it. The Chargers are at 500 right now. The Raiders and Broncos are both at 3-7. and seven. They just got done playing in a different kind of Super Bowl. The Super Bowl where they avoid last place in the AFC West. That's the Super Bowl those two teams. Like the winner of that game, that was their Super Bowl for, for the season. To, to avoid last place in the division. And who knows, maybe the winner of that game, the Raiders might still end up being in last place for all we know right now. But this is what we're talking about right now. What everyone thought the AFC West was going to be is the AFC East right now. With uh, the, the Dolphins right now leading the division, no one saw that coming, even with the addition of Tyreek Hill there. Uh, the Patriots, they're still competitive, and that we'll, we're going to get into shortly. Uh, the Bills, you know, I mean, they're, 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 they're good, but they're not as invincible as every single person thought they were going to be. I mean, they're just not. And then you have the Jets, who another team we're going to talk about on this podcast. They're playing a lot better than people expected. So, yeah, what everyone thought the AFC West was going to be, not even remotely close. You only have the Chiefs, who are above 500 in that division right now. So the AFC West, I mean, you might as well just crown the Chiefs. Uh their seventh consecutive AFC West title, which obviously is not really the standard anymore in Kansas City, but still, this one is more significant than the previous six because this is the one where everyone thought for sure the Chiefs were going to get dethroned, and it isn't even close. When are people going to learn to stop doubting Patrick Mahomes, who just came through with another win down the stretch. The Chargers took the lead inside two minutes. Patrick Mahomes right before the two-minute warning because the Chargers were in the red zone uh, inside two, uh, right before the two-minute warning. He was seen on the sidelines smiling. This guy, like in his head, he knew, okay, yeah, I got to get to work. Which, by the way, I, I criticized Mahomes earlier this year. I, I, I said, look, this is going to happen to him. It happens to every elite quarterback, but he did fail to step up when he needed to against the Colts and the Bills when the Chiefs were unable to come away with a win in the end with the game on the line, Mahomes did throw a pick, which by the way is hilarious because Buffalo Bills fans were bashing Mahomes saying that uh, Josh Allen would never throw a pick with the game on the line. Really? Uh, I recall this guy throwing an interception to Dan Sorensen in 2020 with the game on the line. I recall this guy fumbling in his own end zone, and rather it being a safety, he actually fumbled it to the Vikings for a touchdown, and then in overtime, when the Bills looked like they were about to strike and win the game, throws a pick right in the end zone to lose the game. So, funny how that all worked out. But listen, even Brady, Manning, those guys have thrown interceptions with game with games on the line. Games, plural. Uh, and if Mahomes is going to continue to play for as long as Manning, maybe Brady, uh, which I don't know if that's really uh, easy to just say, uh, given how long he's played. But Mahomes is going to throw a another interception with the game on the line. So is Josh Allen. So will Tua. So will Brady. I mean, this guy's expected to still continue to play for quite quite a while. Um, it's going to happen. All right. It's happened to the best. It, it happens to the best today. Um, so, you know, he was able to overcome that. The Chiefs have come away with some game-winning drives or game-tying drives 
against the Titans, doing it against the uh, the Raiders uh, a few weeks ago uh, after trailing 17-0 and dealing with a lot of terrible calls. And then, again, on Sunday night against the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes is crazy, man. Patrick Mahomes is insane. I, 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 there's no words to describe this guy. The defensive coordinator for the Rams called him and Travis Kelsey aliens. Which might be actually be accurate at this point. I don't know. Um, I, I mean, what Mahomes is doing. I still remember his first year. People said, well, he has Travis Kelsey, Tyree Kill, and Sammy Watkins. Anyone can win with those guys. He'll get figured out. He'll get figured out. Nope. Not even close to being figured out. This guy's on his way to breaking Peyton Manning's single season passing yards record. There is no signs of this Chiefs team slowing down. And maybe they drop a game this year. Okay, that's fine. It's a 17-game season. It'll happen. So the Chiefs, there's the possibility of them dropping one, uh, maybe two more this year. I, I, I don't I don't think they will. Their schedule, by the way, remember that very difficult schedule that the Chiefs, you know, that was also going to contribute to them struggling in this division? Boy, this schedule end, ended up becoming one of the more favorable schedules in the NFL. I guarantee you with the, with Week 12 uh, coming up, if you were to ask any NFL team what schedule would you want for the remainder of the season, every single person would want Kansas City schedule. You still have to play the Broncos twice. Great defense in Denver, but... Is anyone afraid of that offense? Because I'm not. You have the Raiders. Is anybody afraid of the Raiders? I'm not. You have the Bengals who are inconsistent. By the way, the Chiefs play the Rams this week, and they're dealing with an injury with Matt Stafford. Already ruled him out. Uh, there's going to be a... I, I don't remember the name of the player, but he's going to make his first ever start in the NFL. And the Chiefs, by the way, they're missing some of their wide receivers and still winning games. Patrick Mahomes has been playing with mediocre, at best, uh, play at the offensive tackle position. Orlando Brown has been playing better lately. That is worth noting. But, I mean, this guy's still going out there making big plays and winning football games. Travis Kelsey just broke the record for most 100-yard receiving games by a tight end in NFL history, and he's nowhere close to retiring. He already owns the NFL record for most 1,000-yard receiving seasons by a tight end in NFL history. He's on his way to making it seven in a row, by the way. He's doing it all consecutively. Uh, second place, it's Gonzalez, Witten, and maybe Gronk, I think. Uh, they're tied for second with four 1,000-yard receiving seasons. Kelsey is about to get seven. He's 150-some-odd yards away from making it seven in a row. He, by the way, is tied with Jerry Rice... For most 100-yard receiving games in the playoffs, obviously Rice has retired a long time, and Kelsey, I mean, the Chiefs are going to the playoffs this year. There's no doubt about it. So unless Kelsey suffers some sort of an injury, he's going to break that record probably this postseason. This guy, I still remember when Tony Gonzalez was traded. I was really bummed out, and so was all of Kansas City. But a lot of people thought, man... Uh, even though he didn't show up in the playoffs, he still did not want to lose Tony Gonzalez. Well, a couple years later, the Chiefs draft Travis Kelsey. At the time, they had no idea what they were getting, but my God, 
If you redo the mock draft, I know redo mock drafts are a very popular thing among the media. If we had to do a redo mock draft right now, everyone would pick Travis Kelsey to go number one overall, which by the way, the Chiefs had the number one pick in that draft. So he still ends up in Kansas City either way in a redo mock draft scenario. The Kansas City Chiefs right now are the best team in the NFL. You got the Bills and the Eagles right behind them. I know the Eagles record-wise are are better, but in terms of just overall play, it's the Chiefs right now. No one can stop the Chiefs. They're on fire, and everyone who thought that the Chiefs were going to struggle, completely wrong. Could not be further from the truth. By the way, real quickly, before we move on, I don't think I mentioned, I think I mentioned the uh, Roland Cooler giveaway. That is over with. Um, I completely forgot to tease the uh, next giveaways. Uh, By the time this podcast comes out, I'm recording this right before, but it's up now by the time you guys are all listening to this. I'm giving away a Kansas City Chiefs snow globe, one on Twitter, one on Instagram. Uh, And we'll do another one if this one uh, gets a lot of, um, if it's popular by demand. If a lot of people want it, uh, want another shot at it, then uh, yeah, we'll, we'll bring it back. Uh, in fact, I got a couple of Christmas-themed Chiefs stuff to give away, so hopefully you guys are uh, into that. And by the way, this Saturday, I'm picking the winner. I I, don't, I haven't mentioned this on the podcast yet because we didn't do one last week. Uh, I'm giving away a digital copy of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for the PlayStation. The digital code will work for either system, the PlayStation 4 or the PlayStation 5. So as long as you have one of those systems, this digital code should work for either one of them so if you guys are interested in that check out my youtube channel uh just search for farzine gaming on youtube uh youtube.com slash at farzine gaming and uh just look for the video that talks about the call of duty modern warfare 2 giveaway and uh just simply follow the instructions do what you need to do to have a shot at winning a digital copy of the game so completely forgot to mention that because when i was teasing these giveaways i got off topic and forgot to mention that so i just wanted to make sure I mentioned that before we move on. All right. Patriots, Bill Belichick. Let's give him some props here. Love him or hate him. A lot of people hate him. Uh, Given everything going on, and obviously, you know, he's in a far more competitive AFC East, as I just mentioned previously, uh, talking about the AFC West and comparing that to the AFC East. A lot of people thought the AFC West was going to be what the NFC, or excuse me, AFC East is now. But the Patriots... Got off to a slow start last year, and they got off to a slow start this year. Both times, people wrote off the Patriots, and I was one of the very few people that said, nah, slow down. Let's let's let it play out here. We're talking about Bill Belichick here. Bill Belichick is not going to let this team just roll over and die that easily. I question some of the stuff he's done with not having a coordinator, but you know what? This guy's a six-time Super Bowl champion. Who the hell am I to question his decision? I still remember criticizing him one overtime. If you remember several years ago where he, in overtime, winning the coin toss, rather than choosing to receive, he elected to defend uh, a certain side of the field to, so that way the win is in his advantage. And he won! Everyone laughed. They're like, what is he doing? And he, he just proved everyone wrong again. Um... I don't think the Patriots are Super Bowl threats by any stretch, but I'm not writing them off. Uh, I, I think people need to slow it down with the Patriots. I, I l- Let me put it this way. I think they do have a shot at winning the division. If I had to put money on them right now, would I do it? No. But they're a team that cannot be written off. Mac Jones has got to play better. 
Um, I thought he did fine as a rookie. He got off to a terribly slow start last year. And after that slow start, the Patriots, they rose to power. They were the number one seed at one point. A lot of people said the Patriots were the most complete team in football with a rookie quarterback that nobody believed in and rode off early on in the season because of a slow start. Unfortunately for the Patriots, they ran into a brick wall in the month of December. They lost, what, three of their last four games, if I recall correctly? Three of the last four to end the regular season, and then they got dominated by the Bills, uh, which unfortunately for the Bills didn't matter because they lost choking in 13 seconds down the stretch. But point being for the Patriots, you know, they had a rookie quarterback, and they're still here. Like they're in if the playoffs started today, the Patriots are in the playoffs. I don't think people realize that right now. No one's talking about this. The job Bill Belichick has done trying to move on and all this talk about how is Belichick gonna do without Brady ever again. Listen, I know Brady's moved on and won a Super Bowl. That's great. But it's not like Belichick has just been completely terrible. Um, sure, 2020 was not a good year for the Patriots, but they bounced back and made the playoffs in 2021 just fine when, again, nobody was expecting it to happen. Nobody was expecting them to be in the playoff hunt right now, and right now they're part of the playoff. Right? They're in the, They're actually in the playoffs right now. They're in position to make the playoffs, but they got to play better. Uh, with the whole situation, you know, only allowing three points, uh, or excuse me, only uh, scoring three points on offense, it, or, in the Jets also scoring three points, which again, part of the podcast, we're going to discuss that. Um, they found a way to win. That's all that matters at the end of the day. I remember the Chiefs. They had a couple of low-scoring games in 2003. Well, guess who pulled through for them? Dante Hall. So, it's okay. Sometimes you have these type of games, and the Jets have a great defense. I mean, the, the Patriots just swept them this season. So, what is it, by the way? 13? in a row I thought I heard on uh, some uh, national radio stations 13 or 14 in a row I mean the job Belichick's done in this division uh, in the past and even now do not write this guy off I think that's a big mistake a lot of people make with this Patriots team and listen if they make the playoffs, whoever makes the playoffs in the AFC whoever gets the number one seed whoever wins their divisions and, and the three wildcard teams all seven of them will have earned it because this is a very, very crowded AFC uh, playoff race right now. The seven teams that make it will have definitely earned it. And I think there are going to be two good teams that are going to miss the playoffs. Which is crazy because they just added an extra team to, the, to each conference a couple of years ago. And now there's the possibility of a couple of really good teams that might miss the playoffs this year in the AFC side of it at least. Dak Prescott, is he the quarterback of the future for the Cowboys? Well, right now he looks like it. I got to give him credit. I said the Cowboys were going to regress and step back if they picked Prescott over Cooper Rush. I just like Cooper Rush overall as a better quarterback. Dak Prescott, again, I'll give him credit. I've been saying he's overrated this whole time, and the Cowboys, they're doing just fine without Cooper Rush. Now, topic for another time. Cooper Rush should absolutely be a starting quarterback in the NFL. I think he could certainly start for a couple of teams out there. But again, topic for another time. Perhaps we'll get into that in the offseason. But I still don't have confidence in Dak come playoff time. He might be getting the job done now, and that's fine. I'm not one of those people that are going to say, oh, it's a regular season. You, you, you. Listen, he's winning games now. you got to win in the regular season to get to the big games. 
Now, he's done just fine in the regular season before, but he's still 1-3 in the playoffs. What does he got to do to prove himself? I think it's got to be more than just a playoff win. Because even if you win, if you win one playoff game, okay, that's great. But you're still going to be two and three. And I don't know. That's not the standard in Dallas. The standard in Dallas every year is, is championship or bust. That's just the way it's been for forever since the franchise has existed, essentially. So I don't really know what the end game is for the Cowboys. They just blew out the Vikings. I believe that is the... Biggest blowout win on the road in Dallas Cowboys history, which I've I've been right here for a long time saying the Vikings are severely underrated and they just got destroyed by the Cowboys. Now listen, you're going to lose a few games here and there. I mean, you're not. It's hard to win all 17 games or or, or have a winning streak of double digit games. It's just very difficult to do. The Vikings are still a top dog in the NFC. I still think they're the best team in the NFC. Um. I think they're going to end up with either a number one or two seed. At the worst, a number three seed. But as far as Dak Prescott goes, I'm not willing to put money on him that he's going to deliver a championship for the Cowboys. Do they have a better chance with Cooper Rush? I don't know. I think so. I'm just not sold on Dak Prescott like some people are. I'm really not. He's winning now. Cool. And that's a big blow. I went over the over the Vikings. That should not just be that should not be ignored. That's a big deal on the road. Uh, but I'm still uh, I, I'm still unsure about Dak Prescott in the playoffs. We'll see. Come playoff time. All right, I want to get into this Jet story because it is a huge deal. It's probably the most discussed story by the national media this week. It's Zach Wilson's post game comments. After the Jets lost to the Patriots in a very low-scoring game, let me just quickly pull up the score. I believe it was 10-3. Yeah, 10-3 where the Patriots lost this one. Um, It it was a low-scoring affair. Uh, Zach Wilson was 9 of 22. Mac Jones was not terrible. 23 of 27 for 246 yards. But the hero in this one was Marcus Jones with his 84-yard punt return touchdown late in the game with five seconds left to go once he scored the touchdown, uh, which was essentially over. For, I mean, the Jets had not scored uh, all game lo- a touchdown all game long. It's not like they were going to do it with five seconds left. Uh, there was no miracle that was going to happen there. Uh, after the game, uh, there was... Uh, he, Obviously, you know, as expected, Zach Wilson uh, had to face a lot of questions. The one comment he made that's getting a lot of attention, uh, a reporter asked Zach Wilson, and I listened to the uh, highlights of the press conference. There's a condensed version of it that you can listen to. Uh, And I wanted to make sure, you know, was it being blown out of proportion? Was it what he said, how he said it? Did the reporter ask it in a weird way? None of that was really in play here. Um, The question was... If he felt bad or or if he felt like he let the defense down and he said no. And that got a lot of people upset because the Jets only scored three points in this football game. When the defense, the Jets defense, that is, they only allowed three points against the Patriots. So if you I, I, I was really curious by this because it's like, 
it, it, it sounds like that's the only thing Zach Wilson said in his press conference. I pulled up the uh, the press conference. If you just if you just type Zach Wilson press conference, it's the first thing that comes up because everyone's talking about it. He says a lot more than no. I don't feel like I let the defense down. At some point in the press conference, he does clearly say and state that he needs to play better and that he needs to do a better job of completing those easier short passes when it was as windy as it was in this football game. And he mentions the offense overall should have done more. I had Joe Valerio on my podcast, I believe, last summer, and he and I had a very open and honest conversation. Joe Valerio, who um, holds the NFL record uh, for most touchdown catches by an offensive lineman in NFL history uh, with four, um, he was on my podcast last summer and we discussed this. We discussed the Lynn Elliott game, which, as you, as you all know, is one of the, one of the more heartbreaking games in Chiefs history. Unfortunately, there's a long list of those. But the Chiefs, they lost to the Colts. I believe the score was 10-7. to It was a playoff game where Lynn Elliott missed three field goals. And Joe Valerio was pretty open and honest about it. And he said, look, should Lynn have made those field goals? Yes. But the offense should have scored more than seven points. You know, so many people just want to talk about what happens down the stretch in a game. Well, there were a lot of other crucial mistakes that were made earlier in the game. No one talks about crucial mistakes made, you know, for uh, at the 14-minute mark in the first quarter or the second quarter or even the third, for that matter. People only talk about, like, the last few minutes of the game. My good friend Jared McMullen, who's been a guest on this podcast many times, uh, on his podcast, he made a very interesting comment about football. It's actually a funny comment, and I, I chuckled, but it's also very accurate. He said, look, you don't need to watch all 60 minutes of every football game to really know what's going on. If you just watch the end of a football game, like the last five minutes or two minutes for that matter, you kind of have an idea of the key talking points for football games from that point on. Uh, assuming they're not blowouts, that is, which he's right. He is actually right about that. Um, th- th- this whole thing, though, with, with the Jets... You know, yeah, Zach Wilson does clearly say he should have played better and that the offense should have scored more than three points. No one's talking about that comment. It's just that two-letter word, no, in response to the question of, does he feel like he let the defense down? Now, if he said something along the lines of like, no, we we should have, uh, we de- I don't feel like I let them down because you don't want to be hard on yourself in front of the media. Uh, but maybe if you, if you said something to the uh, li- lines of, yeah, you know, they they held the Patriots to three points and we certainly should have taken advantage of that and reward them by scoring more than three points. Yeah, okay, yeah, sure. I, I think everyone can accept that and go home. Um, I remember there was a KU football game in 2012. If you remember, KU was 1-11 that year. Worst uh, team in college football that year. Um, still was a lot of fun covering the team. Uh, I, I wanted to cover the football team way more than the basketball team, which that tells you how much I love the sport. If I'm willing to cover KU football over KU basketball, but, um, I was very fortunate to be able to do that when I was covering the team. I remember week three TCU came to visit KU, which was a pretty big deal because that was TCU's first ever big 12 conference game. Because that was the year uh, TCU and West Virginia had just joined the Big 12. 
And I remember asking uh, defensive end Tobin Apuram, who was one of the team captains, he actually converted to running back when he entered the NFL draft. And he actually was part of Kansas City's uh, practice squad for uh, for a little bit. So uh, played for KU and spent a little p- bit of time under Andy Reid's uh, practice squad in Andy Reid's first year in Kansas City. Uh, I remember asking Tobin at the time uh, when the Jayhawks lost to TCU, the score was 20-6. to A very good TCU offense held to 20 points. And I asked him, I said, do you feel like this defense could have done anything more in this football game against a very good TCU offense? He said, yeah, if our offense only scores six points, then we need to find a way and hold the opposing offense to three points. Okay. I mean, listen, he's not going to speak to the public, uh, speak to the media with the public listening and say, yeah, you know, how dare that offense you know, not be able to put up more than six points. They suck. They need to do better. No one's ever going to say that about their teammates. But publicly, when you've got microphones in front of you, when you've got reporters that want to get a soundbite out of you to put in the uh, in the newspaper or online, Twitter, wherever, they're not going to throw their own teammates under the bus. They're going to let the coaches take care of that. The coaches are the ones who have the right to criticize their own players if they don't live up to the expectations or if they struggle immensely in a game. Because And listen, I've said this so many times. Like I know sometimes when a, a team loses a game 40 to 7, uh, you know, something along those lines, uh, uh, similar to that kind of a score, so many people are quick to criticize the defense and how terrible they are. Well, a lot of people, even though they, they might acknowledge the offense only scored seven points, people are more critical about the defense giving up 40 points than the offense only scoring seven points. People don't talk about the offense having very few dry or uh, very few plays, having so many three and outs, essentially being the reason why they got their ass kicked in time of possession, which, by the way, all of those things will hurt a defense. I remember there was one game, KU lost to Oklahoma. I think it was 56 to 10. It was the same year, by the way, 2012. Now, I'm going to say something pretty crazy for you guys to hear, but KU's defense in that game, I still recall, they actually weren't doing that bad. They kept KU in the game early on. I remember the score was 10 to 3. KU was losing. And KU forced a punt. Unfortunately, special teams, the the returner, fumbled inside his own red zone. Well, it's not going to be, and by the way, Oklahoma scooped it up. It's not going to be that hard to score a touchdown coming off a red zone, especially with that kind of energy, momentum shift. You're feeling pretty good. And from that point on, when offenses commit so many turnovers or they have all these short-lived drives, three and outs, that's not going to help your defense ever. Not at all. Defense, people are so quick to judge and criticize defenses that if you lose in a blowout or if you lose in a low-scoring game where a defense allows a game-winning touchdown, everyone only talks about the defense. No one wants to criticize the quarterback or the offense as much as they criticize the defense. Man, defenses already have it hard enough. They're already dealing with these crazy rules. You know, they hit a defenseless receiver. Uh, they don't know when to hit or uh, you know what to do in certain situations for it to not be a penalty. They already deal with that kind of thing. And in the year 2022, almost 2023, 
what the public says honestly does matter to players now more than before because of how fans can connect with athletes on social media. I mean, we've already seen it in Kansas City. We see it in so many other places where athletes do reply to fans online. So they do care quite a lot about what fans have to say, whether they'll admit it or not. Just by responding is admitting it by not admitting it, if you know what I mean. So I know he went a little off the rails there, but my point is with Zach Wilson's comments, yeah, you got to do better. I don't expect Zach Wilson to feel bad. I, I mean, listen, a lot of these guys just got paid a lot of money to play, okay? I don't feel bad for anyone. Some people were ba- feeling bad for Derek Carr because he cried in his press conference recently. Uh, not, not this past week, but the week before. I'm like, why? This guy's getting paid $25 million this year to underperform in a season where the Raiders were expected to be one of the best teams in the NFL and the team that probably was expected to give the Chiefs the hardest time. And they're not. The guy's getting paid $25 million. He shed a tear in front of the media and in front of the world watching. Who fucking cares? You're getting $25 million. A lot of these players on the Jets' defense, just got paid five, maybe six figures. I don't feel bad for any Jets player. I don't expect Zach Wilson to feel bad for anybody. A lot of those guys just got paid a lot of money. Do I expect him to say something along the lines of, hey, yeah, we need to reward our defense. They played much better. They deserve the victory. Yeah, sure. I don't expect him to feel terrible for the defense. So I think the whole comment is being blown out of proportion, in my opinion. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion. Fine. Don't got to agree with me on this. But let's not pretend like Zach Wilson does not acknowledge that he should have played better. Because he said that in this press conference. He absolutely said that. Now, with that said, uh, the Jets absolutely should consider benching him, which they announced on Wednesday that they are going to go forward. I believe Joe Flacco, which I did not realize until uh, last week, Joe Flacco was with the Jets. Um, just crazy what, what his career has turned into at 37 years old. He turns 38 in January, so he might be very close to hanging it up. Uh, obviously, he was with the Ravens for a long time, won a Super Bowl there. Had one of the best Super Bowl runs uh, by uh, a quarterback ever in postseason history, but the uh, point is that that's who they're moving forward with. And listen, the Jets, I mentioned earlier, unexpectedly are having a good year. So it's reasonable to make this move because you're in a very tough division and conference do what you got to do to stay in the hunt because the seven teams that are going to go to the playoffs they will it's not going to be easy and they will all have earned it like I said earlier so good on Robert Sala on making the switch because the rest of the Jets they're playing um, they're playing great football this year so they need to make this move so they can avoid missing the playoffs because if they miss the playoffs the Jets coaching staff might look back and say, we probably should should have made the quarterback switch a lot sooner. And listen, maybe they go back to it. Look at the 49ers. Trey Lance gets hurt. They're back to Jimmy Garoppolo. They're one of the more be- better teams in the NFC right now. So we'll see how that all unfolds for the Jets moving forward without Zach Wilson. All right, I want to discuss this Jason David Frank story. It's a very... Shocking story, very scary, sad, unfortunate. So many of those similar emotions that you can uh, include on here. Before I get into that, I do want to warn people. This is a very 
sensitive subject because uh, I will share some of the reports that have come out um, in the media. So um, if you are a little sensitive to the subject of suicide, which I completely understand, this is probably the best time for you to just shut off the podcast because this is the last subject we're going to cover anyway here on this podcast. All right. So the story, for those who don't know who Jason David Frank is, um, he was one of the uh, actors for the first season of Power Rangers. I think he did the first five seasons, if I have it correctly, the first four and a half, five years of the show, dedicated his life to the show. And, and they also came out with two uh, movies as well. Um, so obviously, you know, any, uh, 90s, late eighties kid. I mean, this was what they watched. Uh, this is what every kid looked forward to, to watching when they got home from school is power Rangers. Um, they were a huge deal in the nineties. They really were. Uh, the news came out late Saturday night, early Sunday that he had died. I learned about this late Sunday morning, early afternoon on Sunday. I think I learned it during one of the NFL games, and I was just in complete shock. I, I saw that that he had died. I said, this has to be fake. This has to be fake news. Is there someone on Twitter trying to you know, take advantage of the Twitter? I, I had no idea what to think. I really didn't. Then I saw TMZ's headline, and it mentions that he died and that he had committed suicide. And my jaw was on the floor. I, I was just, I, I, I was speechless. I had... I, I just didn't know what to think. I said, there's no way this is real. Um, and it's shocking given his positive outlook on everything. Um, this was very shocking to me. There, uh, so a- after the news came out of his death of, of suicide, some uh, discussion was brought up about how he was going through a divorce this year. His wife, Tammy, however, she posted about his death on Instagram. And he, she mentions in the uh, post that they did save the marriage. Even though they had a rough patch, they ended up uh, saving the marriage. Which that was never covered by the media. Now, we learned a couple of days later, TMZ reported, and again, just a warning, this is a little graphic here, Um, so if you're sensitive to this kind of stuff, I do understand if you want to turn off the podcast. Um, Multiple warnings have been given out, so hopefully uh, if you got out by now, you already got out. Uh, TMZ is reporting that Jason David Frank and his wife Tammy, they were at a hotel, and they were in separate rooms, and they were heard arguing, hotel staff got involved, they calmed the situation down, uh, they went back into their rooms and Jason, I guess, locked Tammy out of his room. And I guess after hours of not answering, Tammy was concerned. She calls the police. The police get the hotel staff involved again and ask for a key card to get into Jason's room. They go into the bathroom and they see that Jason David Frank hung himself. Um, I mean, that was just hard to say. Boy, um, here's why this is important to me to discuss on this podcast. With There's already a lot out there about mental health and, and, and everything, but this is very shocking. And a lot of people have compared this to Robin Williams. Jason was a huge inspiration 
to a lot of people, to, to multiple generations today. I mean, there are a lot of parents out there that got their kids into Power Rangers who were not even alive when Jason was starring on the show, and now they're big fans of Jason, and they they try to meet him at these Comic-Cons. Uh, adults, kids, everyone. Uh, a lot of these Power Rangers actors, by the way, they're not very active anymore in the industry. So a lot of them, they maybe still do acting, but they're like smaller projects with independent uh, filmmakers, whatnot. So they're not really doing a whole lot of acting anymore. Some of them are out of the industry completely. Some of them are in the industry, but doing more behind the scenes stuff. So a lot of them have moved on from acting. But what a lot of them do today is that they go around the world and they attend as many Comic-Con events as they can. And now I've never attended a Comic-Con event, so I'm not completely familiar with this. So I apologize if I have any of this incorrect. But to my understanding, the way these Comic-Con events work, um, these actors, I believe, get paid by the uh, by those cre- creating the event. So for, for instance, there's the, the big Comic-Con event in, I believe, San Diego. Uh, and then they have Comic-Con events everywhere. In Kansas City, they have Planet Comic-Con. Around springtime, I believe, uh, which I've never been to, uh, but I know it's a big deal uh, every time uh, they have that event and they put it together. Um, so it's to my understanding that, you know, if you want to go to a Comic-Con event, you got to buy a ticket. Then if you want to meet a specific celebrity, I don't think all of them do it, but I think some of them do uh, require that you pay if you want to meet them and take a picture. And then if you want to buy any of their merchandise, um uh, which a lot of them are usually autographed, they'll obviously have a price for, for those kinds of things. And that, I believe, is how guys like Jason David Frank and some of the other former Power Rangers actors make their money today, um, or a good portion of it. I, 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 I That's just to my understanding. So if I have any of that wrong, please let me know how that all works, because I'm not familiar with Comic-Con in general. Um, I do watch uh, some of these Comic-Con uh, Q&A panels that they do, though, um, it's actually a lot of fun, like hearing these actors, like they, they were on a kid's show, a, a superhero kid's show. And, you know, a lot of them uh, share these funny stories behind the scenes that, you know, kids never imagined, imagined were, were possible behind the scenes. So it's really fun listening to some of these, uh, stories, um, and these questions that these actors answer. Jason David Frank, um, a lot of these Power Rangers, uh, they do it in groups, uh, these actors, um, so they'll do it with their castmates. Jason David Frank does a lot of panels by himself because if he does it with other actors, he kind of takes a shine away from everyone else and people will only ask him the question. So, so he's done a lot of like solo work when he goes to these Comic-Cons because he doesn't want to take the shine away from anyone else. Uh, but um, uh, I, I've watched some of these videos of these Q&A panels and so many of these actors, especially Jason David Frank, him included, so many people walk up to these actors and say, you saved my life. You inspired me. A lot of these people watched Power Rangers back in the 90s as a way to get through whatever the hell they were going through, whether it was depression, the loss of a parent, uh, you know, something you're not ready for as a kid at that age. Um, not that you're ever ready for that, but especially that young um, some people even, you know, they were bullied in school and they would watch Power Rangers as a way to just kind of get through life and, and kind of escape the bullying that they dealt with. Um, a lot of people who watched Power Rangers got into martial arts because part of the show involved martial arts. That was a big part of the show. 
And I know Jason David Frank, I don't know if he still owns it today, but I believe he opened his own karate school following the uh, the star, uh, the, 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 the superstardom he received from the show in the 90s. So martial arts was a pretty big deal uh, to him. Uh, in fact, he's a former MMA fighter. Uh, he fought in a regional match at heavyweight. Um, ended up getting body slammed early on and still came away with a submission win. Uh, he wanted to continue, but I don't know why he didn't. Uh, he did say at one point he was in talks with Bellator. He actually called out CM Punk, who uh, went to the UFC at one point. Um, tried to challenge him, but they never could get that to uh, come to fruition. Anyway, we're, we're getting off topic. The, the, the point is, um, this guy, get, uh, Jason David Frank... Gets approached by so many people, and people talk about how big of an inspiration he is. And even the way he displays himself always has a smile. I've heard so many stories of him staying past closing hours just to make sure every single person in line, because he's always got the biggest line, he wants to make sure every single person in line got a picture or an autograph. And whenever they actually kicked him out of the building... I've heard stories that he even asks people to keep the keep the line the way it is and that everyone just follows him to the parking lot. Um, the the way this guy just composed himself and the way he displayed himself, always being positive and one of the very, very few celebrities in this world that actually made time for his fans rather than trying to get away from them, which I understand a lot of celebrities do. They, I mean... Imagine if Patrick Mahomes tried to actually make time for every single fan he he came across. It would just be impossible for him to even live his life. Jason David Frank didn't care about himself uh, as much as he did the fans. This guy was always promoting the brand of Power Rangers too, even if he wasn't a part of it. Um, so it's just scary that you know whatever demons he was battling, he felt like this was his way out. Um, obviously the the, the argument with his wife, which I'm not going to speculate on. I know that the, a lot of, I, I, I saw what, uh, what a lot of people are doing to his wife on Instagram is just disgusting. Listen, I don't, I'm not here to play good guy, bad guy. I don't know the, their, their personal life and neither does anyone else. So leave him alone. It's just a disgusting thing to do during a time like this. Um, but you know, for someone who was a childhood hero to me and a childhood hero to so many people, even to kids today, because Power Rangers for the longest time was on Netflix. I believe they pulled it out, but they still have the episodes online somewhere on YouTube, if I'm not mistaken. Kids today are still, you know, they have access to the old seasons of Power Rangers, and they get hooked when they see it. They love it. Um, and this guy was just showered with love everywhere he went. Um, and he loved it. He made time for it, even if... It meant him losing sleep or being late to whatever function he had next. It's just shocking that it ended like this for him. And listen, at the end of the day, I know his personal life, whatever happened is none of our business. But I've got to be honest, it's still kind of I, I'm very curious because, you know, we need to figure out what can be done with mental health. What can be done for people that are struggling when they look like they're living a great life? Um and when you don't think that they would ever do something like this, we see it happen. And, you know, people are still in shock this week. Um, I'm just having a very difficult time putting this all into words. Um, this is something that needs to be looked into. And I hope someone can help uh, find answers to this. Uh, not Jason David Frank specifically, but mental health in general. Because 
This unfortunately is happening every day when we don't expect it from certain people too. Um, it's a very, very, very scary thing. And I hope we can find answers to mental health sooner rather than later because no one should ever have to even have the thought of suicide. It's a very scary thing, man. You know, this is why I did the podcast with Melody recently about bullying in schools because the school that that was recently bullying that kid, that special needs kid, that's the same school where a student took his own life two months before because of bullying. Uh, you know, you just never know what someone's dealing with. Just a simple positive interaction with someone at the grocery store could really just change someone's shitty day. Um, might be random, might be weird, but you just don't know sometimes what a positive display of attitude can really do for someone. Um, you know, all I, if there's anything anyone takes away from this, just be a just be a good person. And if there's a friend or family member or someone that needs to talk to you, just be inviting, be welcoming, and don't judge. Because um, I think so many people are afraid of being judged. You know, if Jason David Frank said that he was dealing with this, I think I don't think anyone would judge him. But I think a lot of people would be a little shocked. Um, I think a lot of people would be willing to help him, give him the help he needs. Um, it is scary though, because this guy's a big deal. He was again, one of the most, maybe the most requested person at all these like Comic-Con events, which, you know, say I have whatever opinion you want about nerds and whatever. There are a lot of people who show up to these things. <laughs> a lot of people. Um, I'd be interested in, in, in attending one day if the, uh, celebrity guest list, uh, interests me. Um, I've seen some of these lists before, some of these actors who go there, and it's not just Power Rangers. I mean, there are voice actors for, you know, Final Fantasy, Spider-Man, whatever, that, you know, would interest would interest me at least. So, um, it's just scary that someone who really had everything going his way, just the way he talked about the pandemic in the very beginning, I still remember watching his video, and he says, listen, everyone just have faith. That's what he said. He said, everyone needs to have faith right now. And I remember he would always use the hashtag live fearlessly. And again, just saying all these things, it's like, it's shocking that Jason would ever come to this point in his life to feel this way. So I hope there are people out there, experts I, I, that, that can find answers to mental health um, and maybe use examples like Jason's and try to figure out what can be done to help people out there. Um, there are suicide hotlines out there. Please Google those. If any of you ever need that, if you ever need to talk to someone, please just fucking talk to someone. Um, you might think you'll get judged, but you know what? I think you'll be very surprised if, um, if you make the time for people. I've always, you know, my friends, my family, they know me. If they ever, ever need to talk to me, they know what to do. So talk to someone in your life, a family member, a friend, a coworker, and maybe you may not ha be as fortunate. Maybe you don't have a uh, family you keep in touch with. Maybe you don't have many friends. Maybe you don't trust a coworker. Well, co go there's a suicide hotline for you. Okay, Google that. I don't have it in front of me, but it, I know you guys all know how to use. If you can listen to this podcast, you can use Google. Um, there are resources out there for you to use. If you feel like there's no way out, 
please, I beg you guys to check that out. Um, don't, you know, my opinion, don't just put your, uh, don't just put it out there on social media because that's never uh, a healthy place given trolls online. Uh, contact someone personally. That's what I would suggest. Someone that you personally know or contact a counselor. Um, these resources are available for a reason. The suicide hotline is out there for a reason. Please use those. That'll do it for this episode of Farce Cast. Farzine Vasugan here with you. Thank you guys for downloading and listening to the podcast. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. The uh, links are in the description. Also, follow me on my YouTube uh, for my uh, Chiefs content, Farzine Vasugian 1. That's also in the podcast link. And my gaming channel, Farzine Vasugian, on YouTube. That's also in the description. So the links are all there. Please make sure you follow me. We've got a couple giveaways going on right now. we got the Chief Snow Globe. That is up and live right now on Instagram and Twitter. Check it out. Also, I am giving away a digital copy of Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 for the PlayStation. We'll work on the PS4 or PS5. So one person will win... Excuse me. One person will win the digital code. That is going on on my YouTube gaming page. Check that out. My name is Farzim Vasugan. Hope you guys all have a wonderful Thanksgiving holiday weekend. I am out of here. I'll talk to you guys next week.